What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Jake of All Trades, the podcast show focused on helping millennials make smart choices with their money. I'm your host, Jake Rivas, and every two weeks, I'm interviewing guests and giving my two cents on their unique financial situations. Together, we talk about all those real financial obstacles that many of us encounter and some ways to get past them. On today's episode, we are talking about the decision-making process when it comes to buying versus leasing your next ride. And in honor of the second season of Stranger Things coming to Netflix this month, we are going to talk about how to keep you from being trapped in the upside down. Upside down in debt, that is. But some could argue that being upside down in a car loan could be just as terrifying as being trapped with kidnapping scary monsters. Miss you, Barb. You might be wondering, what do you mean by being upside down? And how does this relate to buying versus leasing a car? So what I mean is that upside down is, if you're upside down in a car note, it means that the amount you owe on that vehicle exceeds the value of the car. Did you know that the moment you drive a brand new car off the lot, it depreciates in value by as much as 11%. And in the first year alone, a new car loses as much as 19% of its value. So some might argue that the simple solution is just to lease or buy a used car, but it's just not that simple. Stick around for the second half of the episode where we will be helping Steve and Nancy, two of my favorite Stranger Things characters, make the choice between buying versus leasing. I will also be sharing the four questions you should ask before buying or leasing. But first, my guest for today is Michael Mason. He has been in the auto industry since 1983 and is very familiar with the question of buying versus leasing. To provide his two cents, here's Michael. My name is Michael Mason. I work for St. Jay Auto Group in St. Johnsburg, Vermont. I've been in the car industry for since 1983. Um, off and on. Uh, currently, this year I've run two different stores. Last year I was a dealership consultant for a company out of uh, Orlando, Florida. I worked with over 40 different dealerships last year alone. Um, so the question that's posed to me is leasing versus buying. Um, and in a nutshell, leasing is renting a vehicle. Um, leasing, when you see lease payments that are advertised, uh, they will be the purchase price less what they call a residual value. They take the residual value, divide it by the term, and then multiply that by what's called a money factor so that you have your basically depreciation. So for three years, a $20,000 car is going to be worth $10,000. For those three years, you're going to pay on $10,000, plus you'll be paying a rental fee, um, which they call a money factor. The money factor um, is just a fancy word for interest rate, but um, it's a rental fee. Uh, at the end of the lease, you can opt to buy the vehicle or 
whatever is negotiated in the beginning. Leasing has a bunch of back doors, so to speak, coming from the dealership side, and I hope nobody from the dealership is going to hear this, but um, there are many, many factors when it comes to a lease. Uh, the manufacturer will put out incentivized money for you to lease because they want to get that car back in three years because for them, it turns into a used car factory. And without a doubt, dealerships make a lot more money on a used vehicle than they do on a new. New vehicles, rarely, rarely do you make money. You essentially sell used car, or new cars to get the used cars in. And that's where a dealership makes its money. But I'm going off on a tangent. Um, so leasing takes very good credit. It's not for the first time buyer. Um, you will have to have a pretty good credit score and a solid credit bureau. Solid credit bureau, meaning three, three or more trade lines for installment loans and a score of 650 or better. Um, they prefer folks in the 700s, but with enough money down, they can do uh, do a lease if they're in the 650s. Uh, uh, a lease is, uh, its advantages lie with businesses, um, people that are traveling for, for work, they can write off the miles. When it comes to taxes, a lease is looked at differently by the IRS. You have to use the safe harbor table to be able to determine how much money that you can write off your taxes because you lease the vehicle. If you write that you use that uh, 100%, for a business, it will raise a red flag. Um, the optimal number really is going to be 75%, and it won't raise a red flag. You go to the safe harbor table, and there's a whole calculation to figure out how much you can knock off your taxes. Purchase price, uh, purchase on a car outright is uh, just that. It's a uh, you're buying it, you own it. The dealerships that you would buy a new car from, they do get incentives from the factory um, on, for instance, they'll give you low interest rates, they'll give you uh, consumer cash, they'll give you trade money, as in uh, whatever your trade is, if you're a carpenter, if you're a funeral director, if you are uh, a realtor, there's different rebates for what your career is. Um, there's also military, and then they have conquest rebates, which refers to if you're coming out of a lease and going into another lease or into another purchase, you qualify for the man. 
manufacturers complex. Most incentives with a new car are zip code based. So there in San Antonio, Texas, you will have different consumer incentives than I will hear in New Hampshire or Vermont. The Northeast um, is its own little district and we will have uh, different incentives here in New Hampshire and Vermont than they do in Maine because of your zip code is what determines what incentives you get. If Ad Ideas buys a vehicle from me here in New Hampshire and I put in the San Antonio, Texas zip code, that is a different rebate than if they lived here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Do you know what, what is the thought process behind that? Like, what is the reason why there's different ones for geographic locations? Um, the reason behind that is that uh, you have, uh, for instance, there in San Antonio, Texas, you don't have snow. So all-wheel drive Subaru is not probably the hot ticket, where in New Hampshire and Vermont, we spend eight months dealing with snow and ice. So four-wheel drives are premium. Subaru, you know, all-wheel drives are premium. We don't sell rear-wheel drive vehicles like the Chargers, the Challenger, Hellcat. Um, it's really a tough, you know, tough for us to move those vehicles new because they're not they're not going to go anywhere in the snow. So. The incentive on that vehicle here is enormous, while in Florida, it's probably non-existent, or San Antonio is going to be a different story altogether. Uh, the market has changed um, drastically in the last uh, two and a half months. It changed so much that NADA, for the first time ever, uh, reissued their book values in the middle of September. Usually it goes by the month and they reissued a book mid-September. And what happened was is that Houston, Texas lost over a million vehicles, which turned the auto industry upside down. Because now a manufacturer has this hole that they've got to fill for new vehicles, used cars, that kind of thing. Um, so the price of used cars went through the roof. Then with the Florida hurricanes, even more cars were lost, and it's pushing the industry to the max. Right now, Chrysler, Ford, GM are holding back vehicles from dealers. Um, they're not delivering the new cars to us. If we we're supposed to get 10, we might get five of a model because they're going to take the other five and ship them to Texas. Very interesting. I had I did not realize that the impact, I mean, I've read, you know, stories about the potential for people reselling vehicles that were fully flood submerged, um, but I didn't really understand, I guess, the, the full magnitude of that on the industry as a whole. 
So that would suggest that now is not the right time to be buying a vehicle. Well, no, it's a it's a good time to buy because buying cars is actually an incredible boost to the economy. I think when you look at leasing versus buying, that you one of the key factors is going to be credit um, because you cannot lease if you're not fairly stout or had some loans in the past. Understand that when you go into a dealership and you want to lease a car, you need to have stout credit. You need to have three trade lines that you've done, um, not school loans, not hospital bills, but they don't even count. And that you need to have a loan for a snowmobile or a four-wheeler and maybe a credit card that you've been paying on for a year or two that your credit bureau, what we refer to as soft, is less than three trade lines for less than 24 months. You need to have filled the hash marks on the credit bureau um, with three trade lines to actually make it what we refer to as solid. You're referring more specifically to leasing requirements, right? That there is, because I know that it is still, it's strict on the buying side as well, because they're going to pull your credit, obviously. But it sounds like maybe it's more difficult to go the leasing route if your credit is sort of new or you don't have three trade lines on it. It might be better to buy. Yes. And uh, see, the financing arms, and understand it, banks, want to make loans. That's how they make money. That's how, you know, makes the world go around. But um, they want to make loans. And if you lease or apply for a lease and you're not qualified, you're, you're kind of wasting your time. If you go in and buy, lots of times they will buy somebody that has lower credit scores. If the deal is structured right, they put the money down, and they'll charge a higher interest rate. So they're going to—they're of the opinion that if I'm going to gamble on somebody, I'm going to get paid to do it. And you'll see interest rates on somebody like that that will vary from, you know, 2.9 percent all the way up to 25 percent, depending on how their their bureau. But that's why it's a little bit, it's a lot easier to buy a vehicle rather than lease. If it's a lease, they can't go with a money factor. They can't do all that stuff. Um, where with a purchase, absolutely, you can jack up the interest rate. Um, so the bank's going to make more money. And if they're making more money, they're willing to take more risk. Wonderful. Very informative. Michael, thank you very much for providing that expertise and that perspective. That will be very helpful to the listeners. Michael, thank you so much for calling in to the show. We appreciate your expertise uh, in this industry. I think you had a lot of really valuable things to share with listeners. So I want to change gears just a bit and take some of what Michael talked about uh, and put it into application through a case study. So this is going to be fun. We have two people that we're profiling, Steve and Nancy. So that would be Steve with the good hair from Stranger Things Nancy, who has a crush on Steve, but then goes back and forth. And, you know, you know how that happens. 
So what we're going to talk about is the two of them are in need of a vehicle and they have some different priorities and some different objectives. And so I will tell their stories and then we'll at the end decide should they buy or should they lease? So Steve doesn't really like debt or making monthly payments, but he knows it's a part of life. But he takes a lot of pride in ownership of things, and he's not a fan of not being in control of something. So he likes to own something and not borrow, if you will. He also travels to and from Hawkins, Indiana for work, so he has to leave the city to get to work. So he's got to drive a little bit of a ways. And he knows a thing or two about engines and doesn't really care about having the latest and greatest technology or vehicle. He's really happy with something that's stable. As long as it runs, he's happy. He also has a nice cash cushion saved because he's been working part-time jobs through high school to accumulate some cash to be ready to make this purchase. So now I beg the question to you guys, based off of those facts, what should Steve do? Should he buy or should he lease? So if we take uh, into account the things that Michael talked about, and we also take into account the things we know about buying a car versus leasing, we know that when you buy something, you own it. And like we reiterated with Steve, He likes to own things and be in control. So leasing a vehicle may not be his cup of tea because maybe he can't make changes to the vehicle. He has no ownership in it. He's going to have to turn it in in a couple of years. Also, he has to travel for work a distance. And when you lease a car, they limit you on the amount of miles that you can drive. So it might make more sense for him to buy in this instance so that he's not limited on how much he can drive to and from work. He also is handy around engines. So if something goes wrong with the car and there's no longer a warranty on it, he could fix it himself. He wouldn't have to rely on the dealership or warranties like you would rely on if you leased a vehicle. And then another good thing is he's got some cash to put down. When you have cash to put down, usually leasing terms uh, are more favorable for people with less cash to put down because they require less financing up front. Whereas if you're buying the car outright, you're buying the entire value of the vehicle. Therefore, it's going to require a bit more cash. So in this instance, Steve would be better off buying. So let's talk about his GF Nance, good old Nance. So Nancy, after totaling her car into a tree while searching for her best friend Barb, rest in peace, Barb. Although, you know, uh, it's within walking distance her work is, she still would prefer to drive to work. So it's going to be necessary for her to replace the car. And for her, she views a car as a necessity, but doesn't really care what it looks like. She also really isn't keen on driving something that is very old because she wants something that's very reliable uh, and she's not very handy. So she'd therefore rely on mechanics and is looking for a good warranty on a vehicle. So with those factors in mind, and also remember she had a car wreck, so she hasn't been saving for this like Steve has. So it's likely that her cash cushion isn't as nice and plump as Steve's was. So in this instance, should she buy or should she lease? And from my opinion, I think leasing would be an appropriate option for her. The reason being is that, number one, she was caught off guard. So she doesn't have a lot of cash to put down on a purchase. Number two, she wants a new vehicle every couple of years. With a lease, you're going to be able to turn that vehicle in every two to three years, and you can get the latest model, or you can choose to buy the car when the lease is up. For her, it would make sense for her to just get the latest model because that fits with her lifestyle. She also doesn't want something that's very old and she's not handy. So she's going to rely on the warranty if something goes wrong with it. 
And when you lease a vehicle, you're leasing a brand new car, which means it's going to come with all of those amazing warranties that brand new cars come with. So if you find yourself in this situation where it's time for some new wheels and you can't decide, should I buy or should I lease? There are four questions that I would consider uh, are are most important in this decision-making process. Question number one is, what can you afford for a down payment? So as uh, our guest this week illustrated, and as we illustrated with our two case studies, the more money you have on hand means the more money you can put down. And usually when you're buying a vehicle, you're going to have to put more money down, and a lease tends to require less money down. So that's one thing to consider. Uh, Question number two would be, how often will you want a new car? So if you're like me, I love cars and I love new cars. So every two years or so, I may like to trade mine in. Uh, If that is indeed the case for you, a lease may make more sense because every two to three years, you're going to have to turn that car in and either buy it outright or get a new lease and get the latest model. So that may be something that's more important to you. Question number three, how much do you plan on driving? So as we talked about with Steve, Steve has to commute to work. That means he's going to be driving quite a bit. A lease agreement usually limits the amount of miles you can drive in a given year. If you go over that, usually you have to pay per mile some some amount back to the back to the company. So there's a limiting factor there on how much you can drive. So in Nancy's situation, she worked not too far from home. So it made it made more sense to lease a car because she can just commute very short over to work and come back and not worry about going over that mileage limit. The final question, what is your credit score? So uh, our guest did an excellent job about discussing the importance of credit and the impact of that, especially when you're considering a lease. So when you're considering a lease, you're going to have to have really strong credit, probably north of 650 in the 700s. As a reminder, credit scores run from 350 to 850. So the higher the score, the better it is. So if you have a credit score somewhere around the 650 to 700 range, and also the composition of your score consists of a lot of various credit lines, so maybe a credit card, maybe you've bought a car in the past, maybe you have a mortgage, that is favorable to the lending agency and the dealership, therefore you might be better off leasing. If, however, your credit isn't quite as good, or if you are young and your credit is good, it just hasn't been in place a long time just because you haven't been alive that long, buying may make more sense because when you buy the vehicle, there's more control. The bank has more control over uh, increasing or decreasing the interest rate. Therefore, they could increase it on you if your credit isn't quite where it needs to be. You could still buy the car and then help to build up your credit to eventually lease if you wanted to. Well, guys, that wraps up another episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to follow me on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out my blog and website at jakestwocents.com. Catch the second season premiere of Stranger Things on Netflix. Get ready to binge watch it October 27th. And subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends about me. Remember, you are the expert of your own life. And that's my two cents. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. 
actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.